Welcome to another episode of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we've got uh, about six pieces of news for you guys. Um, We'll be following it up with reviews for First Man and Bad Times at the El Royale. And at the very end of the episode, in um, honor of us seeing First Man this past week, we're going to be giving you guys our top five biopics of all time. Um, so, Brian, how is your week going uh, leading up into this episode? Pretty good. I went to movies twice. The uh, Eagles won on Thursday night. Um, yeah. Oh, and, you know, the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the ALDS. That's always a great thing to see. So That's great. And uh, how did they do last night? Um, last night wasn't as, as great, but um, game two is tonight. Redemption. We're good. Well, not with David Price on the mound. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I actually want to give you the. I want to give you the platform real fast. I feel like people need know. to understand your uh, issues with Movie Pass this past week. So <laughs> I kind of want to let you have a little bit of time here. Oh, to, okay. To let people in sure. on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I canceled Movie Pass this week. It. So on Friday night, we went to go see Bad Times at El Royale. And, you know, I had checked in the day earlier in the day, and I was one of the select movies that MoviePass was showing on their website that you'd be able to see. And I checked in the afternoon, and the show times were there that we were going to go see. And when we got to the movie theater, to, and I went to check into the app to, you know, have it be paid for, it wasn't there. Nothing was there. I then looked at other theaters in the area, and every single theater in the area said, there are no more showtimes for today. At 6.45 on a Friday night, no more showtimes anywhere. Because, no, that makes sense. It's, <laughs> it's the final nail in the coffin for me. Like, I was kind of on the edge because my uh, subscription was up next week. Kind of still on the edge about it, but that was the final nail in the coffin. And then... And I tweeted at MoviePass about it. Just, you know, out of, like, this is ridiculous that it's saying everything is gone on a Friday night. This was their response. Hi. Sometimes showtimes may fluctuate, and you'll only be able to check into screenings when available within the app. Please note that e-ticketing will continue to include all movies and showtimes. You may contact us via the in-app chat for real-time response. Thanks. (laughs) That's not useful at all. That... (laughs) Or it doesn't I, even answer my issue. <laughs> like, like, obviously there's something wrong with the app that at 6.45 on a Friday night that no showtimes are showing anywhere. Like, yeah. So, I was I like, mean, you know it's what? Not, it's not anything wrong with the app. It's it's them themselves. I mean. Yeah. So, I'm like, all right. That, that's it. Final nail. And I then mean, Friday <laughs> Friday night after the, after the movie, I canceled my subscription so i mean it's still active until until my plan is up or whatever which i have to i have to check on this then because for the longest time it said october 19th one is up which makes sense because that's when i joined movie pass last year it was in october and then i wanted to cancel it it said next billing cycle like november 17th and i was like why is there an extra month there like i'm not paying for an extra month of movie pass would are they trying to make me pay more? This is ridiculous. So if they try and get me to pay more, I will be refuting that and getting quite upset with MoviePass. I 
would not put it past them <laughs> if they tried to do that. No, neither would but I. But I, I think in general, I think they just mean that like that's the next um, go around or whatever. You know, you'll you'll pay through the end of whatever your thing is, and then the next time it it'll charge you would be November seventeenth or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's dumb. That's dumb as hell. Yeah. Like, the expectation that you're supposed to like take your lunch break on a Friday to, to drive to a, to a movie theater to, to get your ticket for something just so you can it's, make sure that you can use it is it's dumb I yeah. mean there's at that at that point there's no point in even having the the card because you just don't know I mean I went on Twitter when I saw your thing and there hundreds and hundreds of people complaining about the exact same thing and and it nobody passed, getting no an response answer. to it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nobody getting an answer on it or anything. It's. I don't know. At this point, it's yeah. dumb. It's whatever. So um, movie pass. It's been fun inside for the last six weeks. <laughs> it was fun for the first like couple months. It was fun. It was for the first. Like, well, we got it last fall. It, it was fun through, like the middle of summer, and then was it July when Mission Impossible came out? And I was like, hey, here's all the restrictions known to man that you can't ever use movie pass again. Basically. Yeah, late July, early August, somewhere in there. So, uh, uh, yeah, whenever the next time we go to the movies, that day I'll be signing up for AMC. Good choice, good choice. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, uh, piss off their movie pass. Um, just, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Yeah, hey, got my money's worth, though, easily, because I, I counted and I had seen 53 movies with it over the course of a year so oh yeah i mean yeah definitely do um yeah like i said before i canceled mine after they decided to give us scheduling for it because i don't want to uproot my entire life to go see a film um preferably at least um anyway uh so that's the that's brian's rant on movie pass we'll get into some news here on to kick things off um a movie I'm not sure many people have actually heard about so far. A movie called Knives Out. It is, I believe, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who is famous for The Last Jedi, um, which got a lot of controversy. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield has officially joined the cast, um, and Michael Shannon is now in talks. The movie also already has Daniel Craig and Chris Evans on board, um, and it has been described as a current-day mystery in the stylings of Agatha Christie, which should be somewhat interesting, especially as this comes out, um, like the same time frames that you know, the actual uh, murder, yeah, murder and uh, death on the Nile, and stuff like that. Um, don't know a lot about it, but that's a hell of a cast that they've yeah. uh, started to get, especially if Michael Shannon joins in. Um, this will be one of Chris Evans' first big um, post Captain America roles. It looks like. Nothing else has been said. No parts have been released. I believe production will begin at the end of the month, I think they said. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm always down for a good mystery. I think Ryan Johnson's really good. Um, As I've said before, he directed one of the best episodes of TV ever um, in one of the final episodes of Breaking Bad. Um yeah i'm really excited for this i can't wait for more information to come out um regarding it um as well as release date i believe is 2019 maybe 2020 um didn't really get a whole lot a whole lot of clarification on that um any any thoughts on this this casting i mean as of now i'm in that's a really good cast so 
but um, you guys will have to see, wait to see until the first trailer comes out next year at some point. But sounds cool. I'm in. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, one of the maybe probably the biggest news of the week. Um, James Gunn, formerly of the Guardians of the Galaxy one and two movies, has officially signed on with Warner Brothers to possibly write and direct Suicide Squad two. Um, I don't know what, if that's going to end up being the actual title of it, but from what I've heard, it's going to be a fresh start for Suicide Squad. They're basically kind of canceling out that first one, which is probably a good idea that's, in that's hindsight. Smart. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be a sequel. Um, I'm. This is a home run for for Warner Brothers. Yeah. It's something they really needed. Um, I think guns more suited for suicide squad than david ayer was mm-hmm. um he'll definitely bring more of a, a comedy to it i don't know i assume most of the cast will be back for this movie um i know will smith has talked about playing deadshot in further movies down the road um but other than that yeah i'm very excited for this um good for warner brothers to finally catch a break it seems <laughs> finally. Uh, um, other than that, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, anything on your end? Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of think about it. It's it's kind of like the DCU's version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's a band of, like, misfits that, um, like, I know that DC, they're all bad guys that kind of come together to fight a badder guy. Or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, they're all criminals of sorts. I mean, they're not all... I mean, they're saving the universe. So that's in James Gunn's realm. And so I think uh, he could do great things with this. And I'm hoping he does. And this is very much needed for DCEU because outside of Wonder Woman, it has sucked. So. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, Suicide Squad has a lot of similarities to Guardians outside of movie quality. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's right up his alley, um, especially if he gets to write and direct a movie. For sure. Um, definitely more excited for this than I was originally, that, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that ends up going um, in DC's uh, current extended universe. Uh, moving on, we have Annapurna, one uh Big time movie company has dropped the Roger Ailes movie, um, based around the allegations against him from several Fox News employees of se- uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, the movie itself is not canceled; it's still likely to get picked up. Um, I think Focus might have been the company I saw that's in the lead for it. Um, I'd be very surprised if it got canceled uh, and canned all together. I took a look at the cast. So far, it's got uh, Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, John Lithgow, Allison Janney, Kate McKinnon, Nicole Kidman, and Malcolm McDowell on it. Uh, So it's got a lot of heavy hitters on there. So like I said, I'd be very surprised if this doesn't get picked up. Um, There wasn't really any reasoning as to why Annapurna um, is dropping it. Probably just um, uh, funds and stuff like that, they said. Uh, so we'll see who ends up picking it up, but that's a hell of a cast, and hopefully everybody yeah. ends up sticking on and they, and they get it going here soon. Um, and I believe it's directed by Jay Roach. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what else he's done, but he, I know that he's done several comedy movies in the past, so it'll be interesting to see how that ends up going. Um, moving on, we have Brian Tyree Henry, who we've talked about a lot on this <laughs> podcast because it feels like 
every week he's getting cast in something else which is great yeah it's fantastic uh, he's a tremendous upcoming actor here um he is officially casting godzilla versus kong which is going to be coming out in 2020 um it's directed by adam wingard millie bobby brown and kyle chandler will be reprising roles from the upcoming godzilla king of the monsters movie which comes out next year um essentially this is their whole um the whole Good. monster verse here yeah. uh we had the original godzilla which was in 2014 um and then we had kong skull island which i think was either last year or the year before that seven. uh i don't remember actually yeah i i uh, yeah i can't remember off the top of my head i want to say it's last year but yeah i, I think it was last spring maybe yeah that sounds about right um, and then we'll get an updated kind of Godzilla movie with King of the Monsters next year, and then that will lead up to Godzilla vs. Kong in 2020. Um, not really anything else has been mentioned um, about Godzilla vs. Kong, other than obviously what it's going to be about, and some people reprising roles, and now Brian Tyree Henry signing on. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I've gone on record saying I was very disappointed with the, <laughs> the Godzilla from 2014 for killing off Brian Cranston so early in the film, um, when that's the sole reason I went to go see it. Um, I did. <laughs> I yeah, did. In, in, what's that? You're in peak uh, Breaking Bad form there, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, let me go see this. This will be great." Yeah, I was at <laughs> 15 I mean, minutes in. I'm still pretty much at the point where I'll go see anything <laughs> Brian Cranston does, just based off of Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad, but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed Kong Skull Island uh, a good bit. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see where they end up going with this. Uh, I don't think they've hit any home runs or anything, but definitely quality movies that they've yeah. released so far with the first two. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to Netflix here. Um, two little Netflix notes. One good. Um, the other good, depending on where you stand. Um, Netflix has ordered season three of Ozark for anybody like me that's a big fan of the that TV show. That's certainly tremendous news. Um, I know it's pretty popular, so I'm not really surprised that it got brought back. I actually just finished the second season not too long ago. Quick review for you guys. I did not enjoy it as much as the first season. Um, still very good. Um first season i would have gave probably a 9 out of 10 this one i'd probably give like a 75 or an 80 um still enjoyable i'm very excited to see where they go from here they definitely set it up while moving on so it's good to see that that's going to continue to move on um also big fan of jason bateman so definitely excited to see where he goes with this moving forward um and second little netflix note um they have canceled iron fist after two seasons oh no uh, <laughs> Uh, I know, like, we joked about it. I didn't necessarily think that they actually would cancel it. Um, but I assume either just bad ratings or people just not watching it. Like I said, I... I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, didn't even bother. <laughs> I um, watched the first episode or two of season two. After, like, I watched season one, you know, was not good. I watched mm-hmm. first episode of two, season two. And I was like, my time could be better spent watching other shows. Like, this doesn't... It's 50, 55 minutes long each episode. And it's just like, I could fit two sitcoms episodes in that time frame. Like, Here's the thing. I just... We have Iron Man. We have Batman. I don't need another rich superhero guy. Like, I just don't need it. Like, I have two great ones that I can watch. I don't need this. Um, Yeah. I thought the character itself was dumb. I don't 
I didn't think Finn Jones was a good actor. No, he wasn't. Um, I guess there's still a possibility he ends up, you know, being in Luke Cage going forward here and there. And some other stuff, yeah, because he was in season Which is, two for an episode or two or whatever. Yeah, I could see them building that up and, and using him there, but otherwise, yeah, th- this was a one of the very few, maybe the only stri- big strikeout for you know Marvel's um, the last couple of years at least. Um, especially in the TV realm. I haven't seen a lot of their other TV stuff that's not on the Netflix, only, so I can't really... The only other TV show that was a big strikeout was uh, Inhumans. That's right. I was trying... That, that was worse than Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Um, and I remember like, that was a huge, a huge, huge show yeah, coming out. That ran me. for eight episodes or whatever on ABC, and... It, it was just bad. <laughs> bad acting, bad CGI, bad costumes, bad scripts. It was shocking that it was Marvel. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I hate to say that I'm excited for stuff to not be there, but it just, it really kind of, in the wake of Punisher and Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, like, it just didn't stand a chance. It wasn't anywhere near the quality nowhere of those shows. Near the, quality. the character wasn't nearly as good as any of those other characters are. I mean, they're all diverse in their own respects. Um, and then you have just another, you know, rich guy who has a. Well, this guy actually has superpowers, I guess, or whatever. Well, but he has. He, he, I mean, yeah, his light, his hand lights up. <laughs> God, yeah. So does Iron Man's if he has the right equipment on, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> what, I don't have any incentive now to finish the second season. Like, you know, maybe I'll I don't have any that. incentive to finish the first season. Like, For those <laughs> listening, I have watched two episodes of Iron Fist and I quit after that. I just, it was not like, good. I figured I would finish second season at some point in the coming months. Now I have no reason <laughs> to want to finish it. Like, because that's, uh, that'll be nine eight nine hours of television that i won't get back and there will be nothing after it to follow so why yeah i mean my assumption is that they did they let up assuming that it was gonna have more seasons so i i mean i don't know but yeah it doesn't sound like i would just move on from that if i were you uh so anyway that's a little bit of netflix tidbits here this past week um also uh some more big news we got at the end of the week here. Ryan Coogler is uh, officially, I guess, coming back for Black Panther 2, which is yes. expected in 2021, I believe. Oh, that's so far away. I, I blame Marvel, man. Uh, um, so, yeah, he, I believe, co-wrote and directed the first one. I believe he'll be coming back to the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect to have all the same characters back, um, assuming, you know, they all are no, they're back. Dead. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that ends up working out. Like I said before, this could all just be a ploy. Um, if they really wanted to, to just set all these movies up for future release dates and just not actually make them. And then um, actually, Avengers Four comes out. No, they're really all dead. Like we're done. We're yeah, done we're done. We're done making movie. We we don't like. We had money a good run. Anymore. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Money's overrated. <laughs> uh, I mean, they've only made a billions of dollars off of it, so they should yeah. be fine. Um, another thing is that I did read that uh, Marvel is toning down a lot of their Avengers um, Oscars hype to continue putting a lot more behind Black Panther. 
So uh, we'll see how that ends up working out for them. It's, it's as mean, this year has progressed, it's going to be real tough for them to win any really big major awards. Um, I, well, I don't even but, think it's about winning. Like I think just getting nominated would be a big thing because then Oscars have never, aside from Heath Ledger, and winning the supporting actor role for the Joker. No superhero comic book movie has ever been nominated for any major category. It's always just been sound effects or makeup or editing or whatever. Oh, yeah. So um, just getting I mean, nominated is a big step. They'll certainly try. I think in past years they probably would have had a better shot. And we'll move into that here with our reviews because it's it's looking like Oscar season is going to be real, real flooded with really good films um, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so talking about it, I guess we'll just dive right in here. Um, with our first review, uh, on Thursday night, we went to go see First Man, a biopic starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. Um, Ryan Gosling portraying Neil Armstrong. Uh, the movie itself, um, not just about the moon landing, um, a lot about, you know, him, you know, living life up until that point um so that was kind of interesting because i feel like you don't really ever yeah. hear a whole lot about neil armstrong outside of the moon landing so like yeah and outside of the fact that he went to purdue because they're obsessed with that out there um uh, yeah the I mean, movie starts yeah. in like 1962 or whatever like leading up then to the moon landing in 69 i didn't realize it was going to be that yeah basically but um yeah, I mean, basically the film just follows him from, you know, getting in his foot in the door um, through all the test runs and, and all that stuff leading up to it. And then finally you get to the moon scene um, towards the end. Don't want to spoil a whole lot for you guys. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you real fast. Um, I'll let you, like normal, um, give your review first of this. Well, spoiler alert, they land on the moon. Holy shit. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's crazy. But this movie... This is my best picture pick for right now. Like, it was phenomenal. It, it just all around. Like, it was a very well done movie. Um, uh, Damien Chevelle did a fantastic job um, directing it, and it. Ryan Gosling was great. You know, as Neil Armstrong. Claire Foy did a great job as Janet Armstrong. Uh, the shots, like, when they were, like, in the shuttles, whether doing test flights or when they're actually in space on the way to the moon, like, it was filmed as if you were, like, in the cockpit shuttles with them, and it was all shaky and everything, and it was so intense. It was beautiful. And the, the when they get onto the moon, like, the first shots of them, wow. Like, the cinematography in this movie was amazing. Like, it... And it was just the, the start. The movie, how it started off, was with Ryan Gosling doing like a test flight for something. Wow, was that intense! Like it gets you right from the start, and it just the movie then just builds and builds, and there's emotion in it, and thrilling scenes, and good drama, and wow like i could i could see this getting nominated at least for like double digit oscars and winning half of them like i mean it's gonna be have some competition but wow it's yeah it's one of my favorite movies of the year right now my pick for best picture you need to you need to go see this like like just go see it all right uh yeah i i agree with you um 
I give it a 9.5, uh, 95 out of 100. Um, it is a tremendous film. I believe our combo score ended up being like a 90.9 on it, which made it, I think, the fourth highest movie we've seen this year. Um, I said it in my post on, on Facebook and Twitter, but it may be the greatest directing job I've ever seen. Um, it just, the entire thing leaves me in awe. Um, from the kind of, like, vintage, old-style, like, camera, um, lensing and stuff like that, uh, where it kind of looks like grainy images, but with Ryan Gosling and all the characters and stuff like that in, in certain parts. Um, like you said, the, the cockpit scenes and all that stuff getting up there, um, the moon part itself when they, you know, I, I think it was awesome that, like, as they get off on like onto the moon like everything just goes dead quiet um as it should um and i feel like a lot of you'd see a lot of um different movies if they tackled something like that that they would like try and shimmy in some music or something like that and it just it worked so perfectly because it made you feel like you're in space um i'd really like to try i'd like to get around to seeing this in imax maybe um because of the fact that they use IMAX cameras, at least on some of the scenes, especially the moon scenes. Um, I thought uh, Gosling and Foy, I thought, were, were pretty good. Um, I would not... At this point, I don't necessarily know if I would... Ha- I would give them uh, Best Actor, Best Actress, or whatever. Um, they were good. Um, I feel like they were outshined by the directing, though, which is re- kind of hard to do in reality. Um, just because... A lot of the scenes it felt like kind of took away, um, not in a bad way from them, but um, they were definitely heavily assisted in that aspect. Um, so yeah, I definitely have this probably at the top of my list so far for best picture. Um, I definitely won. I it's gonna be really hard for any movie that comes out between now and Oscar season to wow me like this did in a directing aspect. Um, Damien Chazelle brought back Justin Hurwitz to do the score, which was incredible. Again, he was uh, he did the score for Whiplash and La La Land, his other two films as well. So that was tremendous, and I, I the music definitely added a lot, especially you know as they're going in the shuttle and all that stuff um, to to really kind of draw you into everything that's happening around the film. Um, overall. I, there's not a bad thing I can really say about First yeah. Man. I have nothing um, to complain about it. Yeah, it it was better than I. It was definitely better than I expected it to be. Um, Chazelle's easily climbing in. I, I've had a fourth spot reserved on my director Mount Rushmore, um, and he's quickly. He's getting there. He's quickly trying to get that. With I, oh, I actually oh. still haven't seen Whiplash yet. I, I have oh, to see that. You um, need to. Yeah, you need to watch but, that. That's a great and movie. Anybody that knows me knows I'm obsessed with La La Land, and this movie was freaking phenomenal as well. Um, I'm, I, I'm, what's that? I'm curious. What are the other three faces on your Mount Rushmore directors? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, Martin Scorsese and Christopher Nolan. Those are okay. the three that like every. I'm not saying I don't like don't like Spielberg or any like those other like huge ones, but those are the three that like I've no, yeah, seen almost all of their work, and it's just all incredible. Um, I, I will watch pretty much anything those three may, uh, put out. Um, 
at all. Obviously, Christopher Nolan directed the Dark Knight trilogy, which is like amongst my the greatest things ever created in my mind. Um, right up there with toilet paper and, and chairs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so 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 he's definitely rising into that. Um, definitely, absolutely, go see this. Uh, go see this in theaters. Um, oh, for sure, definitely in theaters. Unless you have like a, a giant screen TV at your house, like we're talking like sixty-five plus HD. Um, make sure the first time you watch this movie is on in a theater um because i think you could definitely watch this again on a normal tv but i feel like the first time you watch it to get the full effect it has to be just on yeah uh in in a theater basis with the loud surround sound and all that stuff to really kind of put you in that spot um so yeah first man nine uh, 95 out of 190.9 on a combo score um incredible film uh highly recommended by both of us go see that um anything else you want to say on that before we move on to our second one nope i mean i'm, I'm glad to see it had started out on imdb like a 6.7 because you know we mentioned like I a month understand we I, i'm pretty sure it comes from you know we mentioned like a month ago that when this was first screened at festivals people were like oh it's un-american because it doesn't show the flag planning in the moon it's ridiculous Thankfully now, it's up to like a 7.5 or a 7.6, rightfully so, and it continues to climb. Um, so I'm glad to see that happen because it, it's a fantastic movie. So Absolutely. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on. Our second review of the week is Bad Times at the El Royale, which we went to go see this past week. Um, stars Chris Hemsworth, John Hamm. Um, trying to remember everybody that's in it. Uh, Cynthia Erdio. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson, Kaylee Spain, Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman for like five minutes, um, <laughs> which uh, uh, great five minutes. Um, Lewis Pullman, Bill Pullman's son, um, making one of his big. Bi- um, he's been in other stuff, but this is definitely probably the biggest thing he's been in. I think to this point, uh, he was actually in Battle of the Sexes as well, um, playing Steve Carell's son in that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, um, this movie was interesting. Um, interesting for sure. I'll let you take over again, as usual. Um, let us hear it. Yeah. Um, this movie, so it was like two hours and like 20 minutes long. It it felt like a three-hour movie, honestly. But that, that's because of the first half. Like, the first hour just kind of dragged, and not a lot happened in it. I think some of it was meant to be for characterization um but just some scenes just dragged out um and weren't that great um but then the second half was really good like you finally we didn't get chris hemsworth character until the second half and his character was just he did a great job and going into the movie i didn't really know what this movie was about other than it was kind of like a it was a thriller with a really good cast so i was in and now i understand it and (laughs) if the entire movie was like the second half of the movie it would have gotten a better score like i gave it i think a 75 out of 100 so you know still a good good movie score it's a good movie but if the entire thing was like the second half then it would be uh, 80, 85. It, I mean, there are the second whole last hour, 45 minutes was 
was thrilling, edgier seat kind of stuff, just different revelations here and there. Uh, good acting, good. There were some beautiful shots that made me surprising. It didn't, like, just some of the way that the scenes were filmed were very unique, and the the way this movie was filmed as a whole was very unique. Um, and it worked for the most part. So, I mean, uh, I'll have to say, yeah, I mean, it was a very good movie aside from the first hour. <laughs> um, but it could have been cut down a half an hour easily. But, I mean, it's a good movie, enjoyable, good good thriller. If you enjoy thrillers, go go see this. Go out and see it. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I got. All right, so I gave it a 70 out of 100. Um... Uh, 71.7 on the combo score. Um, it's a fun movie. Um, I don't... Like, I know you said that, like, you know, the first hours... I, I didn't find any of it really boring. Um, it was about 20 to 30 minutes longer than it really felt like it needed to be. Um, and every time you kind of thought it was going to end, it, it kind of went farther. Which I think is, yeah. is kind of a big reason why it felt that way. Um... It's interesting. I think everyone did a pretty good job. Um, there's definitely some surprising parts to the movie um, as it goes on. Um, like I said, it's fun. The the um, scripting and stuff was really well, really well done. Um, directing was good. Like you said, some of the the shots and stuff like that were really fun. You know, in the you know kind of mountainous region, it looked like um, out there, and all the rain and stuff like that. And the hotel itself is really nice. Um, good performances from everyone. Um, not a whole lot I can really say great about the movie. Um, outside of that, I think Chris Hemsworth is, as a cult leader, is the true scene stealer. Um, and it's unfortunate that he doesn't get into the movie until, you know, the final fourth or final half or so. Um, but he definitely steals a, steals a spotlight as soon as he gets in there. Um. Which yeah, isn't wild. necessarily a discredit to anybody else that's there. It's just kind of more of the the, the best character in the movie itself. Um, Cynthia Ervio, um, also a show stealer with her voice in the movie. Um, she sings quite a bit. Um, and and it's, it's a really good voice. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who just watched um, A Star is Born not, not too long ago. But uh, yeah, uh, 70 out of 100. It's fun. I would buy it. Um... I don't think this is a movie you necessarily need to go see in theaters um, or right away. Like, but I definitely recommend getting around to it eventually, um, if especially if you like kind of mysteries and stuff like that and, and um, violence. There's quite a bit of violence in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, other than that, not anything else I can really tap on in it. Uh, good, fun movie. Uh, a little longer than it really needs to be. Um, other than that. That's bad times at the El Royale for you. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll move on and end our episode here with our top five biopics. Um, I will, like normal, we'll do five, four, three, two, one, um, and I'll pass it over to you to go ahead and give your number five. All right, my number five is Hacksaw Ridge. This is one of my favorite um, war movies. Uh, it tells a great story of the first. Um, forget what the word is um but the first person to not uh want to carry a gun in war because it was against his beliefs or whatever 
Um, it was Andrew Garfield. I think he did a great job. Um, he was, I believe, he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, it's a really good story. Uh, some great scenes uh, takes place. Like it's uh, the final, the whole big battle is on Hacksaw Ridge, hence the the name. Um, during World War Two, it's I don't know. It's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Uh, it's one of the best war movies I've seen. All right, my number five is Catch Me If You Can, um, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Frank Abagnale Jr., um, famous for you know um, taking up multiple identities and stuff, uh, living a pretty interesting life. Uh, one of the more fun biopics I've ever seen. Um, definitely enjoyable. Tom Hanks also playing the lead, uh, uh, I believe FBI agent or whatever in it. Um, also really fun. Um, I feel like there's not a lot I need to say about this because I feel like a lot of people have seen it. I actually watched this for the first time in high school um, in my, I believe it was my business class actually. We played this one one day and that was the first time I saw it and been in love with the movie ever since. Obviously a huge Leo fan so no surprise there. Uh, I know, shocker, right? Um, Anyway, so that's my number five. Catch me if you can. Uh, Pass it on to you for number four. My number four is 42, the Jackie Robinson story. Um, that's, I mean, I'm a big baseball fan, so that's kind of the first reason why I went to go see it. But it's Chadwick Boseman as Jackie Robinson, uh, you know, the first uh, African-American baseball player. Great movie. Chadwick Boseman does a fantastic job as Jackie Robinson. Really good story. Um, Harrison Ford is also in it as the the coach of the team, or the manager of the team, and some other uh, famous names that I'm forgetting of, but um, really good story. Except you like sports movies, um, if you haven't seen it, I recommend go see it. Um, but one of one of the best baseball movies. Um, yeah. All right, my number four. Uh, I don't know how I forgot about forty two, but my number four is Moneyball, um, starring Brad Pitt as Billy Bean, the general manager of the Oakland A's. Um, not necessarily a full life biopic, um, but a biopic on the A's kind of moneyball success they had. Um, I was a huge fan of the book um, when I went. I was skeptical in the movie, um, but I thought it ended up being a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite sports movies in general. Uh, definitely one of the most well done, um, especially. As big of a sports fan as I am, I am very critical of sports movies um, in general because um, I feel like a lot of the times they they over dramatize a lot of things. But Moneyball is pretty spot on. Um, it's very funny. Uh, it's kind of dramatic. Takes you through the Oakland A season, winning twenty plus games in a row um, on a whole system, trying to defeat teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and, and all these teams that you know spend tons and tons of cash, and they ended up doing it, you know, with a lot less money and a lot less resources than these bigger teams um, to end up making the playoffs in a wild system. So um, I always recommend it to anybody that's even you know not necessarily a sports fan, just because I think it's it's a funny movie and if you like Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt I mean it, it's very enjoyable yeah um, my number three is Catch Me If You Can that was your number five um, it's a great movie very enjoyable it's you know Leo DiCaprio Tom Hanks it's directed by Spielberg 
Um, very fascinating story with him taking on and just going through as different people. He's a con artist and he did a great job at it. Uh, very entertaining and fun movie. Um, one of my favorite Leo and Leo movies and one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Um, it's just a, it's a really great, fun movie. Good story, too. Uh, great acting. Um, yeah. You already said a lot about it, so I don't want to repeat anything. So. <laughs> All right. My number three, uh, we'll go back to the Leo realm here. Wolf of Wall Street. Um Really, generally, one of my probably maybe my in my top ten all time movies. Um, it's long, but it is a lot of fun to watch the whole way through. Um, obviously, uh, Leo plays Jordan Belfort, who had a quite a history in terms of um, stocks and all that stuff, um, and quite a party history. Um, directed also by Martin Scorsese, um, so another big thing that made it very enjoyable. Um, I feel like a lot of people have seen this. I know it's been on streaming services all the time. It feels like I've seen it on various ones, Hulu, uh, Netflix, and such. Um, so not a whole lot I'm going to say about it. Um, other than uh, it, the first, I actually went to go see it twice in theaters. Um, and for a three-hour movie, that's, that's quite a bit when it came out. But definitely one of my favorite movies in general. So I definitely had to have it on the list here. Uh, and I'll pass it over to you for your number two. All right. My number two is the movie we mentioned earlier, First Man. Um, I mean, I couldn't not include this on the list. It was a fantastic movie. Um, great story of Neil Armstrong. Uh, like I said, extremely well directed and uh, the way it was shot and filmed. Um, we said a lot about this earlier, so I won't repeat stuff. But, you know, one of the best movies of the year, probably... Um, like, I mean, my number two biopic, so, there you go. Alright, my number two, um, is actually also First Man, so not really a whole lot I'm gonna say about this, um, and I'm just gonna pass it right back to you for your number one. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, my number one is Moneyball, that you mentioned earlier. It's, again, a great baseball movie, it's my favorite baseball movie, one of my favorite sports movies, Actually, it's probably one of my in the top. It's probably one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's great movie, uh, great script. Uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill do great jobs. Um, really good uh, supporting cast too. You know, Chris Pratt's in this movie. Um, it's which is before Chris Pratt was you know the big name Chris Pratt. Um, yeah, he played uh, Hasburg, right? Yeah, yeah uh, catcher turned first baseman. Because um, you know it's it's not a hard transition going from catcher to first base. <laughs> um, it yeah, it's a hilarious movie. Uh, through uh, great jokes in it, good a lot of good baseball, great story. The two thousand A's, I believe it was two thousand one. Um, yeah, great acting throughout it, and uh, you should if you like sports movies. I said this earlier with 42, but if you like space sports movies in general, or even just enjoy a good movie, see, watch this movie. Like it was nominated for best picture and it's a sports movie. So it's a great movie. All right. I, that actually kind of, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. Cause like, it really kind of shows how far off the, um, 
Oscars and stuff like that have come. Um, because a movie like Moneyball would never be nominated um, for Best Picture at this point, I don't think. Um, anyway, uh, my number one is Goodfellas, uh, easily in my top ten all-time movies. Um, the biopic of Ray Liotta portraying Henry Hill, a uh, former mobster in the Irish-American uh, mob, I believe. Um, one of, not only one of my favorites, but one of the best movies I've ever actually seen. Um, also stars, I believe, Robert De Niro, um, Joe Pesci, um, just an all-around amazing movie, especially if you like that kind of, like, mob, uh, that mob kind of movie. Um, it is a lot of fun to watch. It's very dramatic at the same time. Um, all around, I feel like most people have probably seen it. I know it has an 89 meta score. it's an 8.7 user rating, um, and yet another movie directed by Martin Scorsese on my list. Um, all in all, if you haven't seen Goodfellas yet, I really just don't know what, uh, to tell you here. You should definitely get around to seeing it. Uh, another movie that I believe I've seen on, on streaming services plenty of times. Um, so go out and check that out if you haven't, um, highly recommended. Um, there is a lot of, like, curse words and, and, and drug use and shooting and stuff, so maybe don't let your kids watch it, but <laughs> you should definitely get out and watch it. Um, yeah, fun fact, I've never seen it. What the God! It is on my watch list. Though. This is the last so. episode of the podcast. Everybody, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I was like, oh, he's saying like, I don't know what you're doing. If you ever seen this, you're like, it's on my watch list. Like, I don't know, yeah, you said that Netflix about Pulp Fiction for like the three years I've known you. So, I, and I, I watched it this year. Yeah, and I know it's going to take three more years for you to watch Goodfellas. So, look, I'll get around <laughs> to it. Um. <laughs> did you have any? Did you have any that you ended up leaving off your uh, list that were close to making it? Um, I don't think so. ah, there was a what was it? There was a sixth one that I thought about, but now I don't even remember what it was. So, um, I had a few that missed my list, but were very close. Straight out of Compton, the bio uh, biopic of um, the NWA, the rap group, uh, which was maybe that was one of my favorite films of the year it came out i believe 2016 or 2015 um public enemies is another one that i left off uh the biopic of john dillinger uh portrayed by johnny depp which fun fact i believe this is the only johnny depp movie i've ever actually enjoyed at least off the top of my head that i can think of um and that's mainly just for the character he played uh when the movie came out i was really big in the whole uh you know gangster robbers and stuff like that um so i read a lot about don uh john dillinger getting up into that um the other ones 42 i left off there which i actually left off because i completely forgot about it and spaced when i was writing the list um still probably wouldn't have been in my top five anyway um and the last one i did not include was capote um the biopic of truman capote a former author um in Cold Blood was one of my is probably my favorite book of all time. I've read it probably three or four different times, um, so I was really big fan of that movie as well with Philip Seymour Hoffman portraying him. Um, other than that, that was my top five, your top five for the week. Um, and other than that, anything else you want to say before we uh, send this one off the air, there, Brian? No, not really. I don't know, I don't know what our movie schedule looks like this week i know you're going to see halloween on the thursday you said right 
Correct. I will yeah. be seeing Halloween and reviewing it for you guys next, um, next week's episode. I, yeah, I, I won't be seeing that. That's not my kind of movie. Um, a horror movies? You don't like horror movies? Oh, jeez. What a shock. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll get to another movie at all at some point this week. But Yeah, we'll see. We'll, it really depends we'll on your you schedule. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I know next week the, the other two movies I think that were on our watch list are uh, The Hate You Give and... Mm-hmm. Um, can you ever forgive me? Mm, yeah. Um, we'll see. Maybe we'll get around to them. Obviously, if you see us post a combo score on our page, which you can go and like on Facebook and make sure you keep up to date with, um, that is Roll the Credits Podcast. Um, if we post anything on there, you'll definitely know if um, the movie will be reviewed on the upcoming episode. Like I said, I can guarantee pretty much unless something comes up dramatically, I will be seeing Halloween this uh, upcoming week, and I will definitely have something out for you guys on the next episode. Um, As well as I'm going to aim to do at least a solo um, horror top five as well to include with that. So we'll see how that ends up rolling. Um, And if we get around on any of the others, great. If not, uh, they will be seen. Um, Maybe not this week. Uh, the week after that, there's nothing on our watch list, so might space those out at least somehow so that we can get you guys reviews um, both mm. weeks um, rather than just having a week where there's nothing of entertaining value. Other than that, um, this was another episode, episode 8, I believe. I uh, can't believe we've done 8 of these already. Um, feels like we should have done 35, but needless to say, um, it's been fun so far. Um, anyway... Go like us on Facebook, like I had mentioned. Go give us a follow on Twitter at roll underscore credits pod. Um, and go give us a like, subscribe, all that stuff, five-star review on whatever service you're um, listening to us on. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on pretty much every um, major platform. Major platform, small platform. Um, when I send these in, it tells me it's sending them to these different places I've never seen before. So, uh, so maybe you'll find us somewhere in the corner of the internet. Yeah, um, recommend us to all your friends. Get us out there. Uh, get us some views, um, Listen. some listens, I should say. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, this was episode eight, and um, don't you forget about me sending it right to that song. Mom